Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Well, uh, with that being said, A-teamers, you know we're going to be giving you a show that is going to impact all of us. I'd really love to hear from the A-teamers around the issue of uh, heritage as we enter Heritage Month. It's not about us only speaking about it when it's the 24th of September, but it's something that we need to be celebrating or commemorating throughout the month, if not possible, throughout the entire year, because that's who we are. Um, South Africa, SAFM, let us welcome A-team Professor Thank you so very much for joining us, Professor. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Patricia, for inviting us this evening, and we wish you the best on this uh, spring day and the commencement of the Africa year. Thank you. Well, uh, let, you know, um, for some, go ahead, Professor. I, I was saying for some communities. Mm-hmm. Well, Thank you. Let, let's talk about the, the beginning of the new year as uh, for some communities in Africa, because we do know that as, as the African calendar goes, September is very significant uh, when we're looking at the ancient calendar. And um, even in, in countries like uh, Ethiopia, this is when they start preparing to celebrate the new year. Can we talk about that firstly? Because this is a heritage that a lot of Africans are not aware of. Yes, uh, I, I'm, I'm really grateful for you uh, uh, inviting us to discuss around heritage. I think a lot of people associate heritage with uh, the, the, the questions of aesthetics, uh, as in what we wear, how we look, and uh, especially uh, dress codes. So you would uh, remember that uh, or see a lot of people thinking, uh, when they invite us and they would say, oh, we're African, and then we come with this uh, beautiful floral uh, clothing or artifacts and, and, and so on. However, I, I suggest that uh, thinking around heritage in that way uh, reduces the meaning of heritage. Definitely. Because it just thinks about it in terms of uh, how we look and, 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 and those um those uh, issues that are central but not substantive enough to ensure that Africa's knowledge systems, its philosophies, its medicine science, and its civilization that are at the core of forming uh, ideas around who we are, how we care for each other, how we care for creation and the earth, and how we interact with each other as humans in our diversities, but also with creation in its diversity. So I would like for us to think around heritage in that progressive manner. I'd like us to think about heritage, as you stated, in the ways that we think around how do we, how, how did Africans think around the commencement of their year? What criteria did they use? Why is it different from the Roman calendar that we're using, which is more popular or which many people use as indicative for how they plan their lives. So I think I think if we think around heritage that way, we will be uh, promoting progressive ideas that stem from Africa that are comparable and that can be also globally 
uh, resonant and not just be limited to the ideas of dress and, and aesthetics. And I'm so glad that you've said that sort of presence because I too am one of the idea that our heritage is not only what we eat or what we wear. Our heritage goes over and beyond that and that is why at times we find ourselves as Africans in a, in, in a place where we don't really understand who we are because we don't know where we come from. So let, let's go back to this uh, new year. Uh, phenomenal because according to the Gregorian uh, calendar Ethiopia is going to be celebrating in fact today being the 1st of September they celebrate their first day of the new year which they call Enkutatash and uh, other communities as well within Africa do still commemorate new year on this day why has it been that according to the Roman calendar Africans have lost the, the, the understanding of when our new year is I I I I think uh, we we must also understand that uh, Africa and African countries or Africa's people are have been subjected to multiple iterations of oppression and conquest, where in the the marginalisation or the erasure of their civilization has been intentional and sometimes somewhat. Uh, the, the outcome of the socio-political, economic, and knowledge systems that the colonial systems have brought. But it's also an outcome, uh, uh, these heritage systems also come as a contestation with the dominant civilizations that have either uh, 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 usurped or taken over or appropriated without recognition or citation of those knowledge systems or civilizations that emerge from, from, from Africa. So it should be understood that precisely because what we've been taught, whether in the classroom, in preschool, primary school, secondary school, or even in the university system or the post-school system, have to a large extent resonated or related with that history. What it then means is for those of us who are in systems of higher education or even in in education systems must therefore try to cultivate knowledge systems to reclaim those progressive ideas around heritage that enable us as Africans to to, to understand that heritage is not only beautiful when it's in the museum. Heritage is about uh, it's not just about the past, but it's actually the involvement of the practices which are fundamentally concerned about how we shape the present and how we shape the future. And it also is not only about the tangible things that we see, can touch, can feel, or can go to the museum, such as the Freedom Museum and others. It's really the ideas both materially and philosophically, that we cultivate in order to shape the, 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 and, and constitute the social, the economic, the ecological uh, resources for, for the present and the future. Well, uh, A-teamers, we are speaking to uh, Professor uh, Buleng Linkabula, who's the Vice Rector Institutional Change, Student Affairs and Community Engagement at the University of the Free State. And the topic is 
what does heritage mean? What is the meaning of heritage? And how can we better ourselves in terms of knowledge when it comes to our heritage? The question we've put up on our Twitter page at SFM Radio um, as a poll, we're asking you, do you think that knowledge about our heritage is available to the public. Please do let us know if you agree um, or if you don't agree. And ask your questions as well because we've got the prof here who can shed some light on some of the elements of our heritage. The number to dial is 0891-104-207 or you can WhatsApp 0614-104-107. Professor, I'd like to us to go to the issue of our languages. And let's perhaps zoom in into South Africa. We've looked at the new year and uh, some communities are not even aware that this is the beginning of the, the, the new year for the African calendar. But let's talk now about language. In South Africa, we've got 11 official languages. However, we've got so many other languages that have been marginalized. And, you know, for, for, for me as an African, even knowing about some of these languages and tribes is a bit difficult unless I actually do my own research because even the subjects as um, the languages as a subject are not taught in schools. Why is this? Why have we marginalized other languages like, who, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of languages that we are just not utilizing. I, I think the, the the politics and questions of languages and of whether African languages are languages of science, of teaching and learning, of research, have been a site of contestation in the in in South Africa, not only uh, uh, in post-apartheid or in the democratic South Africa, but we would know just the the whole mobilization around Africans as a language uh, that was seen to be dominating the, 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 the knowledge arena in 1976 is a, is a historical case and point. But we also recognize that with the, with the transition into the democratic dispensation, there has been a tendency that uh, African languages, especially South African languages, have, have, have not really taken their place in the educational arena. They, they're still thought of as, as languages that you speak at home only, but which you cannot research, learn, and, 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 and invent using. And, and I think this is an, uh, an anomaly of our country that derails the socio-political and developmental questions that we could actually garner if we were to 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 understand and enrich and invest in African languages as languages of research, teaching, and learning. Uh, I, I must start by saying, Afrikaans is a recent language. It was invested in prior to the 1900s. It wasn't even a language of science, and it was systematized and became a language of science and research and innovation because investments were made. And therefore, if we in democratic South Africa wanting to rally our society for change to ensuring that people live with dignity, we must start investing in African languages. Uh, when we dream and think and imagine and, and wonder about the rhythm of life around how we contribute 
to the restoration of the dignity of each one of us in, in South Africa or even in the continent. We think in our languages that those are the, the most important aspects. And if we, if, we, if we do not think with our languages, we are alienated from ourselves. We are removed from ourselves. And by not investing in our languages, we are therefore doing the same. Why is it that Korea, which is a, which is a country that is now playing a global role in the invention of technology and, and many other aspects that we utilize in this country, has prioritized a, a Korean language as an important language for teaching and learning, whilst at the same time making global languages available. Uh, another example would be, why is it that other countries have found it uh, quite important to mobilize their languages in order to do this? It's precisely because of that recognition that if you want to attain the best in people's creativity or their potential to change in the world for the better, you must enrich their languages. In the languages is imbued the metaphors, the songs, the thinking, the sciences, and also the ideas of how we solve uh, problems that we encounter. Hence, we must make sure that African languages are not put on the sidelines and instead we invest in them and we invest in the teachers. I've been somewhat worried that we have invested in Mandarin and we are talking about uh, investing in other languages. And we've not even asked how many teachers do we have who can teach in Isizulu without interjecting it with English or with Sesotho or Chivenda and other languages, for example. And this is a conversation, a debate, a discussion that I think we must put in the public if we are to connect the economic developmental questions with the language and and areas of higher education. And you know, Professor, as we are speaking on the language issue, there's obviously um, the, 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 you've mentioned languages that are, are part of the official 11, which are Isizulu, Sisutu, Sivenda, uh, Sitonga. However, Kulobedu, <laughs> those are languages that are not even represented. Those are languages that if we are not cognizant, never mind the socio-economical um, level of those languages not being represented, but the history, the rich history of those particular tribes are going to be lost in the system. And, 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 and obviously that's not what we want. And if heritage is anything to celebrate, languages should be the first thing. I'd like us to give the A-team as an opportunity to speak. In Mangawung, I've got Ngondile. Uh, Ngondile, how are, Kondile, Kondile, how are you doing? Kondile, how are you doing? Uh, I'm okay, thanks. <laughs> thanks, KG, and, uh, and the prof there. Uh, KG, I, I think the prof has... Uh, okay, my name is Patricia Kondile, and uh, oh. the professor is Professor Linkabula. Linkabula. Yes, it's not KG speaking. <laughs> oh, no, thanks. Thanks, thanks ladies, uh, as you... Because we have just moved out of the, the, the month of women, and I, I apologize. <laughs> no, no need to. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Katie's a legend, and she's part of the team. So, yes, I am honored no. that you think I'm her, but I'm not her. No, mm -hmm. no, no, thanks. 
Uh, and, and the prof, no, but uh, I think the prof has uh, taken my, my, my words already because I was going to be raising an issue around our languages, and the part of it is the concern around the development or introduction of Mandarin in our school, whilst we we were taking time to develop our own languages. So for me, I find it to be something a bit disturbing, to to say the least. But uh, what I also wanted to raise, of which your background has covered it, it is looking at heritage from the African uh, context, and particularly from social innovation. When you talk about things uh, related to Africa, some of the things that, because you're talking about tangibles and intangibles, and one of the things that Prof, I'm sure, would allude to, it's uh, looking at our curriculum and uh, the creativity and innovation amongst our students or the, the knowledge production. If you are to look at the, the type of buildings that we have, for example, in, in, in Africa, for me, they do not necessarily represent uh, Africa. And uh, if you look at the graduates that you produce, either from the architectural point of view or, 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 or planners, you, you, you can pick it up immediately that uh, nothing is being done that is innovative, that represents uh, Africa. I mean, if you are in Georgia, Cape Town, it's like you are in Paris or London or, or, or the U.S. So for me, it talks to innovation, but it also talks to the type of uh, education that is being disposed. Because if we are not going to inculcate the, 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 the element of Africa into our curriculum, I don't see ourselves getting anywhere, uh, 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 Madame and the Prof. And so I, I, I would think that it's something that you have to look into, to look at both those that we think they are intangible and uh, tangible. And a part of it, it's looking at the type of curriculum and education that we're actually uh, uh, giving out as uh, particularly institutions of higher learning. And I'm sure the prof can allude into that. Kondile, thank you so very much. But I've got a question before you go. I mean, when we look at the buildings that you have mentioned, that our buildings are very westernized, and especially the old ones, of which are monumental buildings, don't you think that the fact that those buildings are there also speaks to our past, our history, which forms part of our heritage? Yes, but as soon as, as, soon as we, we, we rethink our heritage, we can come up, for example, if you look at uh, the, 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 the site, the heritage sites, uh, as acclaimed by UNESCO, you'd realize that we have very few uh, 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 sites that have been declared by UNESCO as Africa this, this time around. And yet when you go to Europe, you'd find that there's a, a myriad of them. And uh, the question that one asks is that, what have we done since 1994 as Africans uh, to, to ensure that we, we maximize numbers so that the, the, the more the better for me because it then inculcates that element of African uh, uh, into, our, into the generation that is coming and even to the current generation. Otherwise, there is nothing representative of Africa if you are to look into this thing since the, the dawn of democracy because this is where, you see, when you talk about democracy, you're not only relating to the freedom of uh, the, the freedom must be practical. Uh, it must be tangible. It must be intangible. So and, we should... and there are, there are, yes, and there are some of the things that I think that 26 years into democracy, we're supposed to have realized by now.
Lovely. So you should uh, you th- you you feel we should appreciate where we come from, but look forward and start making sure that we are innovative. Looking forward, thank you very much, Kondile. I'd like us to give other A teamers an opportunity. Um, a prof, we'll give you an opportunity as well to respond. Let me go to Gole, who is in Pulukwan. Uh, thank you, Patricia and Prof. I think everything is doable. You can teach in all other languages. Like South Africa, you talk about the Bulawayo and the others who are not, which are not recognized. The issue is, do we have the means and the capacity in terms of finance? Remember, we're talking about 11 official languages. China is teaching in one language, Mandarin. All other are forced. Remember, Mandarin is not the only language in China, but it is the majority. All are forced to speak in one language. Can we afford to have universities? In all other languages, if I'm coming from Venda, I was born and raised in Alexander, then I want to study at University of Cape Town. Can I get there and demand to be taught in my Venda language? It is impossible. So some of the things are pie in the sky. Gole, when you you say, I'm I'm listening to your analogy, right? And when you say some of these things are pie in the sky, I don't think anyone is advocating for us to move away from a lingua franca like uh, us using English in South Africa as our major language. But what we are saying is we are looking for representation of all our languages because there might be umakulu somewhere who is in Venda who cannot read English or Afrikaans and might require a legal document and assistance in the language that she's fluent in. And if that is not done, don't we then feel that our heritage is being lost because of the it lingua franca? Because it is done because you can do PhD in mother tongue mm-hmm. in your own language anyway in many other universities. Because many people are talking about the language of instruction. They want to do mathematics in Venda, in Pedi, in Twana, everywhere. That is the cause because China is doing one language. Japan is doing it in one language, but we want to do it in 11 languages. Forgetting about the others who still will demand, is it feasible? If I'm doing, I'm working in Pretoria, I'm, I'm, my child is doing in Venda. I get a transfer to to, to, to Cape Town, to KwaZulu-Natal. Then the, that child is at school, high school. Now must switch to Zulu. Well, will they afford to do it in Venda? So we are going back to divide and rule indirectly in Pesudo. No, the, 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 the side effect are something else. But if we were about to say in South Africa we're doing in one language, African language, which is impossible because people are going to fight again and say, my language is not going to be marginalized like the, the Valorino, which is not there. So I can't be forced to learn Zulu. When we go to University of Natal, all of us were forced to learn Zulu. Why should I? They must teach me in Venda. You know? So this is a very complex issue. It is indeed complex, but uh, I, I, I don't know. Let me allow Prof to come in. Thank you very much, Gole uh, in Pulukwane. We'll get to the other callers right uh, after this, A-teamers. Um, Professor, we've had two um, uh, comments. Uh, Gole has spoken about language, uh, so has um, uh, the, the previous A-teamer. What are your takes on these two? Uh, thank you very much. I'd like to start with the second question. I think uh, it's a... Uh, it's, uh, it's 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 counter counter intuitive uh, for Gole to in, immediately imagine the value of rent and sense that it would uh, require for investment in the improvement of languages uh, without looking at 
creating a quantitative mechanism that uh, counts how much it costs to create human beings that are remote from from themselves, their cultures, their civilizations, and social systems that would make them to to participate with dignity in the socio-political, economic, and ecological resources mobilization for the future, even for the present. The second aspect is that in this context of the 21st century, where technologies uh, are, are available to mediate the teaching and learning and research systems related to language systems, I would imagine that youth and young adults would start getting excited around how do we create innovative systems that enhance and reach and develop our languages in order that we participate in the very question that we have been asked from Bloomfontein around social innovation. I'm, I'm of the view that if we are to, 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 to think around the range and sense without necessarily creating a substantive mathematical analysis or quantitative analysis of what we lose if we don't teach those uh, uh, African languages. Then we get into this uh, notion of comparing ourselves with China. I'm not saying it's wrong to teach Mandarin to South African students in a globalized uh, world. I'm saying it is important to learn Mandarin whilst you're also proficient in the languages of South Africa and you can utilize them and derive benefit in your social innovation or any other innovation uh, in the world in ways that also project the best that you and your society can produce. So in this regard, I'm trying to merge the two questions to say we do need to rally Uh, our languages, invest in them and develop them in order that we promote uh, good social uh, 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 inventions or interventions or solutions to social and uh, socio-economic problems. And I'm really excited because there's a young woman, uh, Ndombi Banda, who who has developed a robot that teaches uh, youth and young adults mathematics in African languages in South Africa and she has been registered at uh, Cambridge University in order to ensure that uh, she, she she continues with her studies in uh, uh, technologies related to the fourth industrial revolution and her value proposition is that if we do not teach African languages we will always fall behind in the natural sciences in maths in technology and in innovation sciences. Our continent will always be running behind the others when we compare and contrast the global contribution to knowledge, knowledge systems and innovation. And for us to overcome these quagmires, these challenges of alienation, of contributing nominally to, 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 to the global uh, innovation arena, we must ensure that we enhance this. And I think it's, it's quite important for us to be proud, to, be, to, to want to invest in the languages, to also restore our dignity because heritage is not just about the past. 
It's undoing the past that has denied us dignity. It is thinking uh, uh, of of solutions and reimagining and constructing economic educational systems that actually undo these oppressive and unjust systems that I referred to in the in the in the earlier discussion. We are talking. Uh Everything to do with heritage, what does it mean to us? And our A-team guest is Professor Buleng Ligabula, who is a Vice Rector, Institutional Change, Student Affairs and Community Engagement at the University of the Free State. A-teamers, the time now is 20 minutes to 11. At 11 o'clock, Zolika Kodashe is going to come in with the news update. And uh, after 11, mm -hmm, it does get saucy, so don't forget to tune in. We'll be speaking to Mistress Chloe just by her name. You know it's going to be saucy. Um, We did put up something on our Twitter and that was a poll. We asked you, do you think the knowledge about our heritage is available to the public? Currently, where the poll sits, 2.4% say it doesn't matter. 24.4% say yes. And 73.2% say no. So that's why we're having this discussion because a majority of you are saying, no, we don't have knowledge of our heritage. We're going to go to some of the calls. A-teamers have been holding patiently. And doctors are just like us to make sure that we give them an opportunity. But before I go there, let me go to uh, an, a WhatsApp from Brian Dechot. Brian says, Hi, great topic tonight. Thank you. I agree that more can be done to promote African languages and culture using national TV and radio, especially instead of so much drama TV and westernized radio stations like Metro, Good Hope, Heart, 5FM, dumbing people down and miseducating. And then we've got Siang Osi. Sia says, Hi, Patricia. Us, the Bantu Onguni tribe, come from northern Africa in the land of Kush. Ndu begot Nguni, who had four wives and four sons, Zulu, Kosandebele, and Swazi. The eldest being Zulu, but when Nguni died, Zulu and Kosa had a disagreement over the throne. To avoid bloodshed, Kosa decided to leave and start his own tribe, so he crossed the Dedze River and settled in what is now known as Eastern Cape with many who followed him. That's from Siankosi. Let's go to A-teamers. Uh, patiently waiting has been Mtandeki. Mtandeki is in Kronstadt. Good evening, A-teamer. Hi, uh, good evening, Patricia, and good evening to yourself, Professor. Uh, uh, Patricia, I just want to make input and comment from two angles. On the question of the language, I think there is deficiency on number of basic and fundamental platforms. The first primary platform is this of a family. You see the problem mainly at this level, especially given the contemporary moment where we find ourselves living in. You'd find that you are an African family a, uh, but we find when engaging or conversing within the household is a whole malady. You'll find even speaking to whether it's a child or the child speaking to the elder, there wouldn't be any complete uh, conversation of that particular issue in the mother tongue without mixing, mainly with English or sometimes even Africans. Very true. 
Now, now you, you find if we have to correct, because the dialect, everything that goes with the language, you have to learn it from home. Now, I think if that area, which may not necessarily require a lot of resources, is a clear, able commitment of our self-identity to correct it and put the household on the right path. That's the first platform, really, I foresee many a times. is actually defaulting on this particular important project. The second one is on the media. The one, one uh, uh, WhatsApp message there talked about the dramas. Mm, that was from Brian. Dram- yes. If dramas were to be purely created without mixing languages, you hear and see positive things. In fact, people see the interest of acting in their own mother tongues. But the major problem, people won't complete anything without mixing. Thirdly, it's at the level of edu- training, education, and so on. Now, um, Tendegi, I'd love to give you an opportunity to complete your uh, thoughts, but I need to the A-teamers. Um, thank you so very much, though. Okay. Thank you. you. Let me go to Sakile in Durban. He's also been patiently waiting. Unfortunately, A-teamers, because of time, I've got so many calls that are holding, and I need you to please keep your comments and thoughts to a very short uh, space of time. Uh, Sakile, good evening. Oh, hello, 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 guys. Good, good, thank you. How are you? Yes, yes. Um, okay, I'm okay. I think um, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Oh, I'm glad you South see Africa it. Africa speaking. You know, our parents, they've just decided to name us African names, and it's very nice. I won't lie. Because <laughs> in other African states, man, people are still named French, named Portuguese, English, you know. I think that is a very positive sign. Thank you so very much, Sakila. I'm glad about then, that comment, yeah? And then... And then in the in the in the current issues that we face now, in fact, our culture and our way of doing things can have answers in what we are currently facing. Because you know, as Amazulu or Amanguni, you find that there are some men in our society who say these women are not dressing properly. And then you ask yourself, what does that even mean? Because we don't have a history of young girls covering their bodies in our culture. You understand that, mm. you know, because the way we have always dressed in a certain way, young girls have never covered in it. <laughs> like, they are supposed to cover things and, and things that are supposed not to be seen. Sakile, I, I, I get your point. Thank you so Thank very you. much. So our heritage also has to do with the way we dress. Being westernized, we have actually over-sexualized the human body. And um, I hear where you are coming from, Sakile. Totally concur with you because the clothes we wear now cover up so that our society can yeah, adhere to the modern or Western standards, whereas most traditional wear is actually um, very minimal. Let me go to Butlokwa. Butlokwa is Emma Lasheni. Butlokwa, good evening. Butlokwa is still there. Okay, we can't hear Butlokwa. And uh, let me go to Ngonde. Ngonde in PE, how are you doing? I'll be quick. And it is what miles call jingoria. In other words, big English. You know, we talk theatrics, gymnastics, pyrotechnics, you know, nothing can be done. Number one, by now, 26 years down the line, we should have had South Africa being called by an African name to show how proud we are, right? 
we are still being called South Africa, which is a geographical direction, right? Now, language, but during apartheid, we used to call the month of the year in Isitosa. June was called Islimen, July Ayatana, and so forth. Now, Patricia, everything is about English because, Patricia, we are so much apologetic to our, our erstwhile colonial masters. Now, Patricia, in Rhodes, where I came from, my alma mater, there was a woman there who did her PhD in Isitosa. Right? So, Patricia, it is impossible until it is done, so says Mandela. So, it can be done, Patricia. We must stop being a project. Check where Africans is now. Africans, you know, but the, the Nigerian party came into power in 48. Africans, Patricia, is now more or less in power with English, only in South Africa, of course, because for a nation to live, a tribe must die. So African nation, because they want to be a nation, they emphasize their language, Patricia. Good evening. Thank you so very much, Ngonde, for being brief and short. Uh, let me allow Dr. Uh, Professor Likabule. Uh, Professor, I think you're going to end up becoming a doctor. I've just prophesied upon you there. <laughs> And you're going to be a doctor dealing with with the, the heritage of our, our our beautiful country and our beautiful continent. Now, let's respond in a nutshell before we can move on to other thoughts from all yes. the comments that we had from our A-teamers. Thank you. Thank you very much. I think we, we need to re-emphasize that when we think about heritage, as, as stated, it's not just about, uh, about uh, the trinkets and, and the dress and 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 everything related but it's also not just about uh, the questions of of language as in whether our our children are able to speak in african languages for for, for just the purposes of communicating as i stated the the notion of heritage is really grappling with the past as we 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 grapple with the present it is also around thinking around tangible and intangible things. It's about also how we restore dignity, especially for whole communities or individuals who either through colonialism or apartheid or even neoclassical colonialism, neo-colonial logics, cultures, knowledge systems, uh, um, we we can extricate ourselves from oppression. That's how I understand heritage. And I think we should not limit it to the questions just of language because the questions of land, of property, mm. of ownership systems are questions of heritage and how we interact and interface with them. If we are, as, as Africans, agree to the fact that we live of the land whether through the utilization of uh, natural resources or biotic resources for food and, and others. Or we recognize that the, 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 the land and, and the natural resources could be optimally used in order to create economic support for education, 
for economic system, then that is important. Professor, Professor let's take a bit of a breather. When we come back, let's go deeper into the issue of land and property when it comes to heritage. This is SAFM, Late Night Conversations, 10 minutes to 11. Mm-hmm. We are talking to Professor Buleng Likabule. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Nduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Hey, teamers, we are speaking about heritage, and this is SAFM Late Night Conversations with me, Patricia Ndulo, on 104 to 107 nationwide. Our A-team guest is Professor Buleng Linkabula, who is a Vice Rector Institutional Change, Student Affairs and Community Engagement at the University of the Free State. On Twitter, we asked you, do you think the knowledge of uh, about our heritage is available to the public? And where we are sitting currently, we've got 1.9% of tweet people, if I'm saying it right. It's not my heritage, the new thing, by the way. I'm an oldie. Um, they say it doesn't matter. And I, I'd love for whoever said it does not matter to please elaborate. How does it not matter the fact that our heritage is not public knowledge? Whereas uh, 25% are saying yes. And a staggering 73.1% say no. Our knowledge of our heritage is not available to the public. On the other hand, uh, Professor, before we took a break, we were talking about the importance of land, property, and natural resources. This is one of those contentious topics, and I do believe you and I are going to have to have this conversation in the near future within this month. But I want us to, to elaborate more. The importance of us as Africans to be able to own and claim our own natural resources, to be able to trade our own natural resources, to be able to get our land and our property, because that is where we can be able to start doing greater things as a continent and as a people. Uh, thank you very much. I think uh, there are many people who are experts on land. I, I would not uh, dwell on that uh, that much because it's not my specialization. However, I want to state the fact that if we were to have distributory systems of land that are fair, that allow equitable justice, that enable ecological uh, 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 awareness and and sensibility towards uh, eradicating poverty in the context of a country whose uh, uh, gene coefficient is so disparate, where the poor sometimes live without food, and uh, those who are uh, 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 elites in our society, whether economic, political, educational, or even media elites, uh, live beyond uh, the means, uh, is that such a land system that allows user rights, ownership rights, uh, would would quell issues of uh, food insecurity that we we contending with. It would also uh, restore and 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 enable the economic development for for our country that is not just uh, uh, um, centered on on the sale of natural resources such as diamonds and whatever. But it would also be proactive in ensuring that the natural resources that are produced uh, by South Africa become globally competitive. And I think as a result of colonial logics of ownership of economy, we have tended to take these resources outside and then buy them. 
if, if we were to understand that we can eradicate poverty by creating economic hubs of work, of inventions and innovations, of deploying knowledge systems from universities, TVET colleges, but also from those people who have the, the intentions or the gift of inventions. We, we could actually ensure that we transform our world. But because we are, we have been usurped into the global logics of neoliberalism in, in essence, which often talk about the market principles. We have even forgotten those philosophical undergirding aspects such as Ubuntu or Ubuntu that remind us that precisely because we are inextricably bound to each other, as uh, Rabose would say, and others, that we therefore have to create economic systems that ensure that none amongst us live in poverty and therefore that it's not just the consumption of issues, but it's how we use them to, to, to develop people. So, for instance, if only 13% is owned by, by, by 83%, how then is this heritage enabling us to going into a future where South Africa would compete with China, the U.S., and and, and, and others, when the rest of the people are on the underside of history. This is, the, the, therefore, for me, the heritage that we have to employ in changing the present uh, into the future is really to saying, how do we ensure that the land is redistributed in such a way that it enables and speaks or solves the problems that we are contending with. And I know that these are, these are difficult questions. I know that these questions become questions of party political polarity. But I think we must uh, be beyond the party political polarity and be honest and say, if in our country uh, uh, almost 50% of people cannot live with dignity, how then can we find solutions to this? And the land, the knowledge systems, the distribution of resources, the deployment of African languages, as we do other global languages, would be quite important rallying points and sites of emancipatory heritage discourse for this year and the future. I'm so grateful for this discussion that we had. I wish we had more time because I've got so many tweets I did not manage to get through. I mean, uh, I see Isaac and Vuile in uh, PE. I, I, I just couldn't get through to so many um, of our A-teamers. But Prof, thank you so very much for enlightening us. And I just do hope that we will be able to restore our heritage and to uphold it because it's very important. We really appreciate you. Thank you very much, and I wish you and all the women, uh, even if it's a day after the Women's Month, all the best. But I also wish all our our citizens the best and the opportunity for us to ensure that those of us who have been equipped with the opportunities to teaching and learning to ensure that we resource our communities. Thank you. Thank you very much. Happy New Year to you, Prof. And uh, <laughs> let's uh, move to Zolega Kodashe in the newsroom. Zolega, happy African New Year.